Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, professors of theater education, and teaching artists that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. So grab your coffee or glass of wine, plug in your headphones, or turn up your car stereo, and relax. Thanks for joining me for these heartwarming conversations and practical advice from other theater teachers on the front lines making a difference in their students' lives each and every day. I am excited to welcome to the podcast for this episode, Terry Ong from San Diego, California. She teaches at Horace Mann Middle School. And is this going into 35th year or you completed your 35th year? Uh, going into going into 35th year of teaching and 26 at the elementary level so I want to make sure we hit on that too but Terry introduce yourself and uh, just kind of give us your your journey to, to where we are now yeah um, I started out uh, participating in youth theater I uh, was involved with San Diego Junior Theater and because of my participation in junior theater it ended up helping me get the job that I first got teaching theater. I went to college, decided that I needed a teaching credentials so that I could at least work while trying to find theater work and ended up with this theater teaching job that I thought would last for eh, two years and 35 years (laughs) later, here I am. Um, But my first job was teaching elementary theater. Uh, There was a brand new magnet program that was going to be dance and drama. And so I got hired to develop the drama part of that program. I brought in uh, a second theater teacher. In the beginning, it was uh, what we call a classified employee. And then eventually we were able to transition it to a certificated. But uh, I wrote all the curriculum for that and put that together. And that program lasted 26 years. It was awesome. But as all good things come to an end, um, our district decided to pull the funding for the program. And, you know, okay. Uh, And so I moved on to middle school, which I thought I would not like. I didn't like my own child when he was in middle school. So I thought, (laughs) why am I going to like middle schoolers? But I absolutely love them. Love my middle schoolers. Well, so that's kind of my journey. So tell me, uh, I, I want to hear all about your your work with your middle schoolers now, but uh, talk to me a little bit more about the program at the elementary level. I don't have a ton of elementary teachers on, and I, I any chance I can get to talk about elementary work, I do. Yeah, uh, we were very unique. Uh, there weren't a lot of elementary teachers to relate to, and there wasn't a lot of elementary things out there. That was very frustrating. I mean, I think it's much better now. I mean, there's so many more resources. But at the time, I kind of had to come up with all my own. Luckily, I had a a strong theater background. While I don't have a degree in theater, uh, at the time, I was not happy with the theater program at my, my college. So I decided to not pursue that realm at that point, but I figured, you know, I knew enough about theater. I've been doing, I had been doing it for 12, 13 years by, by then anyways. And I had to kind of come up with a 
cohesive program because I saw these kids from kindergarten all the way up to fifth grade and realizing that they were going to be, you know, seeing me every single year. I couldn't just have a year's worth of curriculum. I kind of had to have six years worth of curriculum and it had to build on itself. And so that took years of, you know, just trying things out and developing and figuring it, figuring it all out. Um, But I find that elementary kids are really open to doing it. They're not as shy as the older kids. They'll get up and do anything you ask. And so then you, you, you transitioned into the middle school. What were the, the biggest things that surprised you about moving up other than that you fell in love with them? Well, the first thing that got me was, and I hadn't really thought about this, but I had a program where my students from kindergarten to fifth grade did theater and dance. And so by fifth grade, these kids were good. I mean, they knew what they were doing. They knew how to do shows. They know it was the culture of the school. So if I said, let's get up and do this, everybody just got up and did it. I got to middle school. And of course, that replacing the favorite teacher part is always tough. So (laughs) I got a lot of attitude because I did come in a, a month into the school year as she had left. And they were just, you know, okay, make us like you. And forgot how they were actually more like my kindergartners in their skill level than they were my fifth graders. (laughs) And for me, that was a big mental switch that I had to make. I also realized that without them having this culture of having gone through it all the way up to their elementary years, I had to make them comfortable getting up in front of people and not being afraid to try things. And I think that was probably the biggest challenge was to figure out how to do that with middle school. They're such a joy to work with, uh, but, but there are the challenges. And and I think I, I noticed that it, at the high school level when I taught, um, I think I've mentioned it several times on the podcast before, but like, especially with my, my, my theater one groups, I would spend the first probably three weeks, three, four weeks um, just teaching. It's okay to play. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be goofy. And, and, there's nothing wrong. Yep. Yeah, there's no wrong answer. My curriculum, my curriculum for the first six weeks is all ensemble building. Yeah, that's all I do for almost the first six weeks. And most of the teachers on campus are like, "How do you get your kids to just do what you want?" And you know, they're so responsive and they like you. I'm like, because I spend a lot of time building a culture in the classroom that says we can make those mistakes. It's a safe space, and you can be who you are. And I don't know that, you know, a lot of teachers in other subjects do that kind of work. The the payoff after spending that time is huge, right? I mean, and developing that trust, taking that time to build the group and to, to trust each other. And what is this culture that we're creating together? And, and just that taking that time at the beginning has huge payoffs at the end or later on down the road for years to come, right? And now I laugh because, you know, we're the new trend is this social emotional, you know, education learning thing going on. And every time we do something with it, I'm like, that's a theater activity. Oh (laughs) yeah. We do already do that in theater. And they're like, does anybody have any ideas of ways you can do this? I'm like, well, here's about 15 ways we do it in theater. Come take my class. And so, (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of starting to creep in like, oh, you can do these activities and build a culture and trust in a classroom. And I think that if every teacher did a little bit of those kind of activities, their classes would be stronger. You, you said you got your start in, in youth theater um, and and that led to you getting that first job. So talk to me a little bit about what, what that experience was like for you before that first job and, and working in the youth theater and, and participating in that. Oh, I'd love to. Um, San Diego Junior Theater, which is the group that I belong to, is uh, 75 years old. It's one of the oldest youth theater companies in the country. It's put out a lot of big stars. <laughs> Not me. Um, but... I got a really strong foundation of work ethic and how to be a team while working in that youth theater. As I went through it for the 10 years that I was participating in it, because you start at eight and then it ends at 18, I then became uh, a teacher there. I have since served on the board of directors and I currently, for the last 10 years, have been directing shows there. So I've never left that youth theater, which is, to me, just, I, it's my heart. That place is, just means so much to me, and I'm so glad that I can give back. But I'm still involved with that group, which is kind of cool. And because of the youth theater, my father was on the board of directors, and one night we were having a, a board meeting at our house. This is when I had just gotten my teaching credential, and the artistic director at Junior Theater said, hey, um, I got a call from a school that's looking for somebody with a teaching credential that knows theater. Didn't you just get a credential? I was like, yeah, I, I did. And then through other connections, everybody's like, oh, yes, interview for this job. The funny thing was that when I had taught at junior theater, I actually did something crazy. I wrote out complete lesson plans, which I have no idea why I did that, but I did. <laughs> and I was able to walk into that job interview with a sample of my lessons that I had taught at junior theater. And I, I know that that's probably what clinched the deal on the whole thing, because there I came in, it was already put together. So my recommendation to anybody uh, who's going into an interview is come prepared, have things to show that you know what you're doing. And that was a really good example. I mean, I had the job like literally the next day. So junior theater had a part of me getting my job as well as informing how I ran my program because it was such a good model it was a model where the kids did everything. And to this day, my students do everything. Even at the elementary school, the kids ran the lights. They ran the spotlight. They ran the sound, you know, obviously with supervision from me in case something went wrong. Um, but they did everything, all the backstage stuff. And kids would be just as excited to be participating in the behind the scenes as they were on stage. That's that. Giving them the responsibility in that agency and... They can do it. They can. They want to. And they want to impress you and, and, and rise to your expectations. My, my first show at the middle school, I, I operated very differently than the teacher before me. And the principal looked at me and he said, why don't you backstage? Why, why aren't you backstage with the kids? He said, it's their show. It's not my show. 
I'm going to sit out here and watch. I'll cover any, you know, back and forth. I know how to take care of that, but it's their show. If the, if the problem arises, they're going to fix it. Uh-huh. That's part of the process. And now it's just understood that the kids run the whole thing. That's great. At the middle school. And I really believe in empowering students. Yeah. That's great. That is great. Do you you, you work with every student in the school or is that Um, different? At the elementary school, I did. The elementary school, every student rotated through the program. At the middle school, no, it is an elective class. But I also, in order to build my program and make what I do important to the whole school, which is a way of keeping your job, <laughs> I started an after-school program. So I'll do, my, my whole school productions are an after-school program that any student in the school can participate in. And that way I get in students who maybe be might be in the band class and they have to take the music, but they can't take theater, but they like theater. They can participate in what we're doing. I've gotten a lot of great students out of that. I do uh, as a fundraiser, I do a school talent show that introduces a lot of kids to my program. And through that, it allowed me to build interest in my classes because as kids saw the shows or were in the shows, they all started talking to each other about me and about my classes. And that got kids excited to take my class. It's also made me an uh, integral part of our school culture. Mm-hmm. Everybody expects the talent show and everybody expects our musical. And, that, and the teachers participate in the show with us. And it's become a big event at the school. And that was, I did that very calculatingly because I know it builds my program and it makes me almost indispensable to the school because they want to keep that and not lose it. Yeah. That was one of the pieces of advice that echoes in my head 20 years later that my, my theater ed professor at UNC Charlotte, Matt Webster told me, make yourself invaluable to the school, the whole school. And when the whole school sees your value, you are a solid part and you're not going anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I, in my interview with the middle school, I told the principal, I will make this school all about theater. <laughs> and now the, uh, the teachers are all like, Oh yeah, you're never going to leave us. Right. Oh my like, God. Maybe it's all about theater. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I think my follow-up question to that would be, um, in elementary school, you did see every child. Um, and I I think that is one of the, I think, most awesome parts of elementary school teachers um, is that they do, they do get to be a part of every single kid in that building um, and, and have them in their rooms. Um, what were some of the challenges and joys of that? The challenges were mostly coming from the other teachers at first we were a program where the teachers stayed in the classroom with me Mm. and participated in in what i was teaching and that allowed for some wonderful collaborations and tying it to classroom curriculum but over time it became a way for principals to pull the classroom teachers for meetings while 
I taught the class. Hmm. And that, I think that hurt a lot in terms of being able to coordinate as well. There was a huge disconnect now between the teacher and what we did. When they were in the classroom participating with us, there was a lot of crossover back and forth. And I think that collaboration was really beneficial. So I was kind of sad that, you know, it became all about PLCs, you know, mm-hmm. that's, but I get it. The principals had a push on them to do PLCs and so on and so on. Um, one of the other challenges is that in a day I could have a kindergarten class, a fifth grade class and a third grade class. You know, there, I had all these different grade levels and every year our schedule was different just because of, oh, let's try this idea or, oh, we got a new start time. Let's change the schedule up. We got a new principal and everything changes. And I I think that that was kind of a challenge of being able to switch from kindergarten to fifth grade within a five minute period. You know, the way you teach and the way you talk and your everything. Um, You had to be super organized and planned because of that. And you were seeing all these different classes and getting timing down. I am now an expert at timing my lessons. That was a huge challenge in the beginning. But now if you tell me I've got 45 minutes, I will end that. That lesson will end in 45 minutes. I know exactly how to do that now. And then that came from just doing that over and over because we taught at the elementary level, like six classes a day. And it was just bang, 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 bang. The joys. Oh, the kids, obviously. Uh, the, uh, the, the thing I do miss from middle school is the love that you get from little kids. You know, the, the hugs and the, all of the, the love that they give you because they just adore it when they're having a good time and learning things. And because I had those kids for six years, I really got to know them and watch them grow. Uh, Currently this show that I'm going to be directing uh, at a community theater, my choreographer is a student I had from kindergarten up to fifth grade. And then of course she ended up going on to college and graduating with a degree in dance. And now we're going to, she's coming back to me and working with me now as an adult. And that was, that's the kind of relationships I had. I had kids that went through that program and then had their own children and specifically came to that school just so their kids could have me again. And I have to say one of the most recent things that really just hit home to me on how we don't realize as teachers the impact we have on students. Um, There was a program going on at my site that was an outside group coming in. They were doing uh, rap poetry with some of our high-risk students. And it turned out that one of the people running the program was a former student. And he was so excited when he found out I was on campus and that that's where I had ended up. And apparently, literally the day before, he had been talking about me with his family and they were all sitting around remembering me. And then the next day, he's like, oh, my God, there you were. And 
we talked for about an hour. He called his mom and made her talk to me. And by the end of it, I was in tears. It was just like he just went on and on about how much of what he learned has made a difference in his life and how it kept him out of trouble because he remembered all those lessons. And he said, you know, if I had to be able to say that, you know, oh, I want to be able to talk to somebody in my last days because the people I would choose would have been my music teacher and Mrs. A, my theater teacher. So uh, that just, and that just happened recently. And I can't even tell you how moving that is. And that's where I go, oh yeah, I guess we do make a difference. That is so special. That is awesome. And it speaks to me about theater not being there to create actors and actresses, but all the other things that it brings to people and helping them out. Right. Right. They may not go on to, to perform on a stage ever again, but they could be, you know, sealing the deal for a major company or, you know, a pastor in a church, you know, leading, leading a group of people. The possibilities are endless, but that, yeah, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's awesome. I'm so glad you had that experience. Yeah. That just touched my heart. That's wonderful. (laughs) That is wonderful. So in, in, in uh, my show prep material that that you sent me for this, um, you talked about um, uh, the newcomers program in, uh, in, is it in the middle school that you have that? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, when I got to this middle school, I didn't realize that they were s- located in a hub of where the United States resettles refugees. There's like six or seven of these spots throughout the country. And San Diego has this refugee program. And so these students come from all over the world. Most of them come from refugee camps and tough situations. They are leaving a country that is in turmoil and they come traumatized. Mm -hmm. So, and they know no English. That's the other big thing. They know no English at all, some of them. And they may not have been to school in their own country, or they may have had very spotty education because of their status in a refugee camp or the fact that they had to move around a lot. We have those students, and we have a special program called Newcomers. I don't know, they keep changing the name. It's probably different now. Every, every year they have a different name for it. I think now it's the International Center. It was newcomers last year. Um, But they then are tasked with teaching these kids English. And because they wanted them to take an elective, a lot of them are put into my theater elective, but also fit into their schedule. So I've had classes, every year it's a little different, but I've had classes where like 80% of the students are from this program. Some have been in the program for one year, two, or three. So they all have limited English and limited school background. Hmm. And none of them speak, like, they don't all speak the same language. You'd think being in San Diego, oh, it's all Spanish. 
but at our school, no. We've got kids from the Congo, Tanzania, uh, Thailand, Korean people, um, you name it. And our Spanish speakers, many of them are like Guatemalan or Honduran. So it's just a modge podge of everything. And instead of um, that being something uh, that you were afraid of or that um, you viewed as as uh, an obstacle, uh, you've embraced that, right? And and absolutely some massive success, right? Well, the thing that about it is, I feel that theater is a way to reach everyone, and even if you don't speak the language, you can participate. It's also a great way to get those students comfortable using a new language that they aren't familiar with. And it was possible to partner them up with English speakers. I also learned probably more from them than they did from me in learning about their cultures and what they do and what they're comfortable with. Uh, so yeah, it became a challenge for me. And I, you know, I'm always learning new things, even though you, you know, no matter how long you've taught, you always want to keep learning. Uh, so I found this as how am I going to make this work? How am I going to get these kids involved and teach them and still have a good program for them? I will say that it didn't always turn out great. There were times when you, you do a lesson and you go, yeah, that was a really bad idea. That didn't work. Or there were things that I didn't understand. Uh, I remember one student who just didn't get school. She didn't understand school. She hadn't been to school. Imagine being 12 and having never had to sit in a class for an hour. Wow. And then sit in a room where everybody's speaking a language you don't understand. And her first year with me was really bumpy. You know, she just, she didn't even understand the concept of grades. Like, you know, I just want you to try this and you'll pass. And that was one of the things that I, I was very accommodating to with her grading because I figured if they just tried, that was a win. And I wasn't expecting them to do this amazing stellar performance. I was expecting them to try it because that's the baby step that you take. Right. And by her third year, she had figured it all out. She was in a school play. She did the talent show. She had all these friends and just that growth. Now, I'm not saying it was just theater that did that, but it certainly was helpful to her and helped her expand. And I, I would say that I could probably go on about at least a dozen other kids that that was just so obvious that theater made that difference for them in helping them come out of their shell and be more comfortable with with the English. And now we didn't always do English speaking activities. A lot of we started with those basics, pantomime, yeah. the international language of pantomime. And many times I let them, if they had a partner that they spoke a, a familiar language with, I told them, do it in your own language. I can tell expression. I can tell if you understood downstage and upstage, if you're doing a scene 
in Congolese or in English. It doesn't matter. I can figure that out. And that then gave them also another comfort level. That's great. That's great. What was your, um, I'm assuming you had a relationship with the the ESL or ESOL teachers. Um, yeah, also because they made me teach ESL in addition to teaching theater because I can teach anything. I'm a theater teacher. As you know, well, I don't know. In California, there is no theater credential. You have to have an English credential in order to teach theater. Now, that is changing. They just passed a theater credential in California, but it's going through the whole process of being together. I'll probably be retired by the time it's done. But because I have the English credential, we all get stuck teaching other things. So I've taught seventh grade English. I taught ESL. I taught a leadership program. So all these different things. So, um, yes, I have a very strong relationship with the ESL teacher because of the fact that I got to teach ESL in addition to theater. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. So speaking of of, of other teachers and supporting one another, you are a member of and have even – been the leader of if i'm reading if i remember correctly of the the san diego's teacher theater education association right yes um we uh i'm actually their treasurer i will not take credit for being the leader because i just handled the money <laughs> uh unwillingly but i'm doing it because as you know theater teachers we do not like dealing with budgets nope. money we'd rather not have to deal with it such a pain in the butt uh but This group kind of started organically about 25 years ago, where uh, one of a theater, a theater educator uh, named Kirsten Giard here in San Diego was wanting to have workshops and trainings that were for theater people, not going to those district ones where you sit have absolutely nothing to do with what you're <laughs> teaching. So in conjunction with our County Office of Education, they put together this group and decided that they were going to hold an annual conference just for theater educators. And that's kind of how it started. And we pulled locally. Now, we're very lucky in San Diego to have two very professional theaters, the Uh, San Diego's Old Globe Theater and the La Jolla Playhouse, both which are, you know, most of their shows are Broadway bound. Mm -hmm. So we're very fortunate to have these two high quality theaters that were willing to partner with this local group and host and be involved and provide presenters for a lot of our conference. And over the time, it grew into just a bigger animal. And then at one point, budgets came in and the county office of ed said, we can no longer support this. You're going to have to be your own group. So we had to go through the uh, 501c3 process to become a nonprofit. And that's where we took on the title of the San Diego Theater Educators Alliance. And we have been operating since then. We provide activity some activities for students. Our main focus isn't students, but we'll do a drama fest. We partner with a local community college to do a tech fest 
it's great. The community college runs it and teaches the high school kids come in and they learn all about tech and they have like tech competitions and things. And we did an improv fest. And then we also created a, an awards program that we called Bravissimo to honor our local theater educators and administrators. So we were giving awards to principals that were supportive of programs in their school, superintendents that supported their district's programs, uh, things like that, as well as actual theater educators, uh, longevity, uh, special programs and things like that. Uh, we became our own self-advocates and our purpose is really to support each other and be there as a listening board. When we go to meetings, we talk about things that are concerning all the theater teachers in the county. Um, San Diego Unified is a big district where I teach, uh, but San Diego County is made up of a lot of districts. And so we actually incorporate all those districts. So we have people all the way from, you know, right down in Chula Vista, which is right on the border, to people who are up in North County just before you head up to LA. So we incorporate a lot of all of that. Uh, the organization puts on several events a year. Uh, obviously, with COVID, we've had mm -hmm. to rethink everything. <laughs> <laughs> but we found that that was a really important support during COVID times, that we would all get together on Zoom. There'd be about 30 teachers, and we'd all share our frustrations and then find out that my frustration was your frustration. And what a weight off your shoulders or to be able to hear how somebody else handled this situation. And that's where I think our group is the strongest um, in doing that. We started with uh, our own conference and then it became, it got kind of, people were like, oh, that's a great idea. And it turned into this thing called the Mega Arts Conference which was run by a mother organization that kind of incorporated us. And that turned into a huge beast, which incorporates all the VAPAs in it. And, and then we have still have our little niche that we do, but that's kind of what we do with that. And I highly recommend that every county community city have something like this to support your theater teachers it makes such a difference to be able to have a voice with somebody else as well as things like I am looking for a toilet to use in legally blonde. Does anybody have one? And somebody else goes, Oh, we just did that show. I've got one. It, it opened a, up an ability to get to know other theater teachers and be able to call them and communicate and connect with everybody else. That feeling of isolation is real um, with many theater teachers. Um, be, most of us are the only one in the building, right? Um, if, if, if we're lucky, we may have a second person there um, uh, as part of our program, but that, that need for community and that need for um uh, talking with someone else, collaborating with other people, like you said, venting and, oh good, I'm not the only one who has this problem, um, makes a world of difference. Um, and, and I know many states have their own organizations, um, 
like there's the Illinois one, there's the Illinois High School Theater Festival, the you know, they all together and, and where I come from in South Carolina had had a big state organization as well. But it's the smaller groups too that are in my opinion, sometimes even more important. Um, like I, I, before I left the classroom, I was in a district of, of three high school teachers. Um, we had three high schools and, and we barely ever saw each other. You know, like we, we would go to an all district thing. It's like, Oh, there's Tammy, there's Stephanie. Oh, great. May have one meeting together during the year. And unless we go to each other's shows, we didn't see each other. Um, and you know, and it, it was always crazy. Like if we get together for lunch, just, Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. Tell me about all that's been going on. It's like, you're literally five miles down the road. (laughs) Well, and that's one of our big things is we build time into whatever we do as, as a group to build that talk time. And you're right, just going to lunch and, and talking to other people. It also allowed our community partners, the globe and the playhouse as well, oh, and diversionary has been very involved. Um, diversionary theater is our LGBTQ theater here in San Diego, and they've become very involved with us also. But it, it allowed those theaters to be able then to sh- reach out to all the local schools here to do their education programs, which they're always in need of doing as part of their charters and in their nonprofit status is to have outreach, educational outreach. And then this allowed them to find wonderful partnerships with other teachers in that respect. So it, it's been a win-win for everyone. Um, San Diego Playwrights Project is part of our partnership. And, you know, because of that, I was able then to have a connection with someone to say, hey, I'm a Title I school. Could you bring Playwrights Project in with me and work with my students? So all of those connections really make a difference. And I highly recommend that you just, even if it's not an official organization, that you have a get together with your a theater teacher get together go have dinner and see a show together or something because you will find that the problems you thought were just yours are everyone's. Yeah. And you've got to, because it's very easy to say, we don't have time for that. You have to make time for it. You have to schedule it and you have to protect it. Right. And, and know the benefit of it outweighs giving up that hour or an hour and a half here. For that. Well, one of the things we discovered using Zoom is we will probably hold most of our meetings now on Zoom. And it was that time factor that it was because we serve the whole county. If somebody wanted to come to a regular meeting and we're at the county office of Ed, they've got to maybe drive during rush hour after work all the way over to the county office of education. Now with Zoom, we we've seen a huge uptick in our attendance at our meetings because everybody can just do it from wherever they are. And I think that that was a benefit that we got out of COVID was that we discovered that this is a great way to connect with each other when we don't have time to drive everywhere. Like, you know, your school may have only been five, five minutes away, but San Diego is a huge right. county and you could be, you know, just to go to, from my house to my school is a 30 minute commute. So, you know, so Zoom was, 
Zoom turned out to be a benefit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think there are lots of things that we're going to find as depending on where you are and what, what, what you're moving into for whatever modality this year. There's going to be some things that, you know, we might want to keep around from what we've experienced. Um, not everything, certainly, but, but there's definitely some things that have come up, like for like what you just shared, like the success of increased participation in that just because you made it available on Zoom. Looking over your your wonderful long career um, and and the the vast age ranges of, of students you've worked with over the years, um, I, I've, I don't think I've ever asked a middle or elementary school teacher this question, so I'm e- eager to hear your response. Um, what what is the greatest need that you see in your kids now, um, and and how can we as theater teachers help meet those needs? I think especially in middle school, middle schoolers are trying to find out who they are. And I think that it's more important during middle school for them to build the social emotional skills that they need than necessarily their academic skills. Yes, yes, they should still have academic skills, blah, blah, blah. But I think theater provides a way for students to express themselves, to learn how to be more confident. So many students that I watched start the year off like this with their head down and not even looking you in the eye. And by the end of it, their head's up and they're looking you in the eye. Now they may not be the best actor in the world, but they now have more self-confidence, a little more awareness of who they are as a person and being able to get up and speak to others about that. They don't realize how much they're learning until maybe years later when they go, oh, all that came from doing theater. Wow. And so I think right now in this time, I think that theater the theater class provides a safe space for those students to discover who they are without a lot of judgment. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really important. I think at the elementary level, it keeps creativity going. I think that a lot of education today is very stifling of creativity. (laughs) You know, back in my day, the kindergartners all played house and, You know, all that stuff literally got taken out of the classrooms and doggone it, those kids aren't at their DRA level, you know, 12 by the time they leave kindergarten, they're a failure. And I think that what theater gives elementary kids is a chance to keep being kids Mm -hmm. and play. And I think that they need more of that than ever. Because there's so much now I'm sitting in a seat, um, you know, we've got to do these activities, you've got to be reading, you've got to be proficient in this and math and da da da. And a lot of kids just need to be creative. And I think that theater brings creativity. So I think that for elementary, theater allows kids to be kids. And in middle school, it allows students to discover who they are. And as a teacher, either way, I got the best deal because 
I get to play with them. I, you know, I don't, Zoom killed me because I never sat so long in my life. You know, I'm usually up and involved in the, the activities with the students. So it allows me to have a good time. And I watch, I'm sitting back watching an improv and I'm thinking, I got a great job because I'm being entertained right now. So hopefully that answers the question Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. Yeah, the power of play. It's it's important. It's so important in giving them space to do that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. What is uh what's the do you have another story uh from your career that you could share with us? One of those funny moments, the a horror story, a touching moment, anything that impacted you? Oh gosh. Uh horror stories, yeah. <laughs> uh one of the things about working with elementary kids, well one no matter how bad they are or what mistakes they make, the parents are incredibly forgiving because their babies are up on stage. And I definitely had to teach myself that because like, oh, you got to do this and this and this and you got to be, you know, no, hit your mark, hit your mark. And honestly, it doesn't matter because the parents just think their babies are wonderful. But I would say one of my funniest ones was one time all of a sudden this parent just leaps up from the audience, runs up on stage, pulls her kid off because she noticed her daughter was doing the potty dance and she knew that potty dance. <laughs> and she's like, I got to get her off the stage before she goes to the bathroom. Um, that was one, ah, gosh. And wonderful stories. There are so many wonderful stories about wonderful things we've gotten to do. Uh, one time we took a group of students to perform at a luncheon for, I don't remember even what it was, housing convention, housing commission or something. And we were at a hotel and they were so impressed with our students and what they did. They're like, well, we want to buy them lunch. And the dance teacher and I are like, okay, we've got like, 50 kids with us and they want to feed them lunch at a hotel. And we're of course panicking because they're all little kids and like, Oh my God, they're going to like run around and, you know, misbehave. And so we're like, Hey, you guys have to be really careful. You know, you're in a hotel and da, 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 da. And talk about the perfect children. They were so well behaved that a patron at the restaurant came over and said, um, I'm a former principal, and I have to say, I panicked when you walked in. But these kids were so well behaved, and we just were just like the other teacher. I was just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing scarier than trying to feed 50 kids that were so excited to eat in a hotel restaurant. Once again, it it was a school that was a Title One school, so this was kind of a big deal for a lot of yeah. these kids. And so that was that was a big thing. So there's a couple little stories. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. I love that. (laughs) And just I think for me, so much of former students coming back and talking about what what it meant to them, even if they didn't become an actor or anything. Uh, Facebook is a wonderful thing to stay in touch with former students and to watch where some of my students have gone. And what they're doing now, and to think that I had a little part in helping them become that person just makes makes my heart fill with joy in that. Awesome. And, and a little scary when someone goes, it's my 40th birthday. And you're like, 
they're 40? <laughs> what does that make me? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have, um, like, seniors from my very first year of teaching are now like 39 going, they're about to hit 40. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I Before I get to my last few questions for you, I just want to ask, you clearly love what you're doing. You clearly have a joy and, and your heart is, is just evident on the screen that I can see and in the words that the people are hearing right now. Um, what is the secret to that long and successful career and still loving everything you're doing? I'm going to say it has to be being able to just laugh at it. Things are going to go wrong. Mistakes are going to be made, but none of it is going to kill you. And to be able to just go, okay, whatever, and just sort of laugh at it. And, you know, when a kid does something that they're not supposed to do, to just go, okay, well, hopefully they've learned from that experience. And I think that's what's kind of gotten me through this. I mean, obviously, you know, there were some tough times when the program was getting cut. That definitely was disheartening and very soul crunching. Just, you know, to think that something I had put my heart and soul into in creating this program was not no longer valued was really a difficult pill to swallow. Um, but changing turned out to be a really good thing for me. And I realized that it was what I needed to do at that time. So I think that was another thing that has helped me continue to enjoy it is that change is not something to be afraid of and to step away from what you're doing and try something new keeps you fresh and makes it exciting. So I guess, yeah, Laughing, being able to just laugh at everything and go, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, it's, it's all good. And then moving on from there. And I, that didn't happen in the beginning. I mean, obviously, that's, that comes with uh, years of experience. But I think that's what keeps it fresh for me. And the fact that the kids are wonderful. I mean, how can you not love them? Yeah. How can you not love watching students blossom? I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that as a theater teacher, you need to be willing to constantly keep training mm. and keep learning and not be afraid to try something and have it fail, just like your students. I also am this firm believer that if you're going to ask your students to take risks that you need to be willing to show them that you'll take risks. And so I participate in every activity that I do with the students. I'm part of it at all times. And like, if I get something happens and I can't be in a game, they get mad, you know, get over here and play the game with us. And I think that that helps me develop relationships. It, shows that I'm willing to make a fool of myself just like I'm asking them to do. And in addition, I always do things that are a little uncomfortable for me to show them. Lately, I've been making music videos. 
and I can't sing worth a darn. And I'm really bad at the whole video thing, but the kids love watching it and seeing that I'm willing to take that risk, that they should be willing to take that risk. And so I guess that would probably be the big message I really like to put out to anybody who's learning um, theater is to be willing to take that risk and show your students that you can do that too. That's awesome. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Terry, my final two questions are the ones that I ask everyone on the show. And the first one is what is a resource that you are currently using or have used that is a must have for theater teachers? Uh, I am currently using two. I use the uh, drama teachers Academy DTA mm-hmm. and I use drama notebook drama notebook is more for the younger age mm-hmm. and DTA is more secondary but because of the range of students that I have especially with the English levels I find that sometimes simpler activities work better with them so those are resources that I use also I've learned that any activity that you find can be adapted at any age level. Mm -hmm. You give me an activity and I can bring it down to kindergarten and I can take it up to 12. Um, That's probably just for the fact that I've taught so many different ages that I'm very comfortable with figuring out how to adapt things. So when you say, oh, well, they couldn't possibly do that. Well, yeah, they can. You just have to adapt it like this, this and this. So those are two resources that I am relying heavily on lately. Uh, I find that I'm no longer using my books. I'm doing pretty much all my resourcing off of online, which makes things easier. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Those are, those are great. Um, And then my final question is what, and you've already shared many of them already, but what are your parting words of wisdom for that new theater teacher entering the field or that veteran just needing an encouraging word right now? Hang in there. Um, You, you can't do it wrong, especially if you start off with ensemble building. That's like my, my preach is always start your class off for at least three weeks of nothing but ensemble building activities so that you build that cohesiveness and your class will go so much better if you do that. If you start with book work and all of that, you're going to lose them. But if you start with that ensemble building, then you can transition to those other things and throw in those ensemble games throughout the semester. You will have your students buy into your program much better than if you just start with, okay, we're going to look at chapter one and learn about the history of theater. You're not going to grab them. So there's my sage advice. Well, I appreciate that. And, and Terry, I, I wish you all the best with this new year coming up. Um, I hope you have a magical, wonderful, fun time with your kids. And I have no doubt that that will not, that will, that will be the case for certain. Uh, but, uh, I, I, if I can ever be a resource or anything, please do not hesitate asking. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun doing this. And that is a wrap for this episode of Fed Talks. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. 
tune in next week for the next one. We have so many great teachers coming up and so many that have already been with us. So if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, go on your favorite podcast provider, subscribe to us, rate us, leave us five stars, review us. More importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. Visit our website, www.fedtalks.com for the pages for all the teachers who have been on our show. Email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. If you have an idea for a future guest on the show or suggestions or topics that you'd like to have on the show, email me. I love interacting with you on there and I always follow up. Follow us on all of the social media that's out there. We are out there on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks. On Facebook, we have a Fed Talks page and Instagram Fed Talks Podcast. Once again, our website is www.fedtalks.com. Thank you, teachers, for all that you do. Thank you for listening. Continue to be the lights that you are and changing all those lives. I appreciate you. Take care.